Nelson spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by the Gateway Section of the PGA. Hey, good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. Pearly's back. Pearly, where are you? I'm in Southern Illinois, raking leaves, burning leaves, and I got my bow leaning up against the tree just in case one of those furry critters comes strolling on by. He must have he's already had go, the porridge go, and David Bodie. Go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the porridge and David Bodie. Oh, my God. Or what did he call him? Booty. Da- David, David, David Booty. Booty. <laughs> I think his name's Chris Bodie, isn't it? <laughs> Okay, well, let's see. We formatted the show like a round of golf. Mm. Okay, we're off to a flying start. And the first segment is called the On the Range Segment. brought to you by the Gateway PGA. Oh, my gosh, there's over 300 men and women in the uh, greater St. Louis area that are part of our Gateway section. They work long hours doing all of these things behind the scenes to make our golf experience better. So um, we appreciate them. Uh, Pearly, we... We're dying. I got, I don't know, countless emails last week because we didn't have a social media uh, update. Kind of hit us hit us with something. How's Facebook? Well, well, get with the times, Jay. Facebook is now meta, so they've changed their phone number, their address, their emails, and everybody to contact them. So I'm still trying to track them them down. They've, they've run away from the Facebook name, and they're starting to call themselves meta. That's the update for the week. Right on, Pearl. Boy. No wonder this this part of the show is so popular, Meet. Uh, I want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing, 314-805-2132. Anything inside or outside of your home, besides being great humans, they do a phenomenal job at beautifying your home. All right, so let's just jump right into the show um, you know, Pearl, we're at kind of a slow-ish time in the golf season. The, the PGA Tour's got its wraparound thing going. Um, uh, the weather's starting to get crappy here in St. Louis. And uh, so we dug up some some kind of cool things. Um, well, wait a second. Let me ask you a question on that before we get into our cool things. And they are d- definitely cool. What do you think about the wraparound season? I was listening to a Another show on the radio. I didn't know there's any other radio golf shows than us, but I could, apparently there's one or two others. And they were talking about not liking the wraparound season. Didn't think they, we should have one because uh, we, we're more hungry for golf if we take a couple months off. What do you think about that? Okay, so I, I would answer that question two ways. I understand that if you're going to have 40, what, 46, 47 tournaments, 48 tournaments out of a 52-week year, that it's going to feel diluted. I get that. As a player, hell no. Give me as many opportunities to play every single week, John. The winner's cashing in over a million dollars. I mean, just just bring it. And, and I mean, what's interesting is, um, I, I mean, when I played, it was kind of, I enjoyed the fact that right around, if I wasn't going back to the computer school, I really enjoyed the fact that I got to put my clubs away uh, and and take time off with the family, and just, I was one of those guys that put the clubs away and never touched them at all. Uh, most of the guys aren't like that, but um, I, I liked the idea that there was a more marked startup point. You know, we always started somewhere, either at like Palm Springs or, or Hawaii, was um, once they moved the Tournament of Champions over to Kapalua, uh, we started in Hawaii, but um, it's a different time, a different place now, and Pearl, the Mission statement of the PGA Tour is to provide playing opportunities for professional golfers. So provide opportunities, man. Get as many events out there as you can. Let guys get uh, 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 chances to support their families and to to start a career, launch a career, gain some confidence in a career, whatever it might be. I think gaining the confidence has a lot to do with it because this time of year – you see a lot of names that you don't normally see at the top of the leaderboard, and those guys are having the chance. And as you and I would agree, 
our minds don't know what, what tournament we want. A win is a win type of a thing and build that up. So I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, and by the way, for those folks that we're talking about, you know, we, we don't want to watch that much golf. Then don't watch it. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to watch it if golf is on. Turn something else on if, if you want to. Because the pomp and circumstance and, and all the extra goodies that go with the, the true start of the season will be there anyway when that happens. So I think we're both on the same page. If they can play and they can play for money and they can hone their, their game, let them play. Yeah, hell yeah, Pearl. It'd be like uh, going into Major League Baseball and saying, you know, 162 is too many games. This is your rookie year. You've dreamed about this your whole life, and all of a sudden they say, let's just cut the, you know, let's just cut the opportunity that you have. I mean, it's not all that comparable, but it's comparable enough to make you think, you know, get an event. Uh, they're they're raising money somewhere in the country for some good charities. They're doing some good work. I I, I like it. That, that's that's a great point. And I think that that comment of not having it is spoken by guys that either haven't played or have more money than they know what to do with and don't need to keep playing. So anyway, that's 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 the exclamation point on that uh, conversation. What's next? All right. So um, what's next is. We got a couple of fun topics we're going to talk about. A, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of golf fashion, which you are on the you're you're the um, you are the uh, you're on the catalog pearl for the don't. You got a big oh, red X. Oh, you got a big red oh, X. You got man, a big red X. No, it's not. That's, that's not exact. That's not no, exactly it's not necessarily true. I, I wear I wear very nice stuff, but the only reason I wear very nice stuff is because you give it all to me. Yeah, yeah. Your, uh, you your know, fashion your, game your is. Point, your step. point is, if you if you didn't give it to me, you're right. I would be wearing t-shirts and ripped jeans. There's no two ways about that. So, um, but it's interesting when I remember looking back when we were kids and watching what the golfers would wear. You'd be like, "What? That looks like an old couch that's sitting in the house." You know, with the wild plaids. And um, I can remember, man, I was 16 years old, and I got to be on the cover of the Gateway Golfer magazine because I won the stroke. uh, I had a low stroke average that year. I had the same thing on. I had a green shirt on with a pair of pants (laughs) that had every color. So you know what was cool about that? I remember thinking, these pants are awesome. They go with everything because they had every single color on it. And I see that picture now, and I'm like, brutal. It's brutal. They, they, those pants are so brutal. You could throw them into a goodwill, and no one would take them. Yeah, I uh, I think between our hairstyles and our clothing styles uh, back in the day, I can remember I got this pair. We had Carl's Golf Land. You see it on the oh yeah uh, on online now. But back in the day, it was just a little shop outside of Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. It actually was friends with Carl and Carl Jr. Great guys, and they've just built an unbelievable business up there now. But we'd go through Carl's, and one reason it was so popular is there were so many clothes choices. And as you rightly have stated, I'm not into it anyway. But for whatever reason, I'm walking through there one day, probably to go to the driving range, and I see this pair of yellow pants with blue dots on it. And it just struck me. It just struck me as these are the, like the coolest pants I've ever seen. And I bought those things, and they were flared out bell bottoms, of course. Of course, and they, they were. were. And they were so they were so tight, I could barely get the things out. So you can imagine, you can imagine six foot three, one hundred sixty eight pounds, an afro the size of a basketball, and with, uh, with these look. pants on. And, and by the way, the first t- place that I played with them on was Oakland Hills, baby. Oakland Hills South Course, teeing off, and I thought I was something. You were hot stuff, man. Pearly <laughs> hot stuff with the big... When I look back at our, our pictures from their UCLA days, everybody had an afro. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. We're Why? talking about attire. We're, we're talking about attire. We're talking about fashion. Yeah. So describe to the listeners what your daily attire, your favorite outfit was when we would sit at the student union oh, yeah. and watching the, watching the people, most of the young ladies walk by. Yeah. What was your favorite what favorite attire? You well, I can remember this. I remember it very well. Oh, I do. I can remember this. First of all, I, it was either shorts or sweatpants on the bottom half. On the bottom half. With a pair of high top. With a pair of high top tennis shoes. With no socks on, because yep. you know I was pretty cool. And then my T-shirt. Of, so I'm a T-shirt guy. My kids say, "Dad, your uniform is either jeans and a T-shirt, 
or shorts and a t-shirt right now. I have jeans and a t-shirt on. And my shirt said, get hammered. Uh, you you remember it. Oh, the reason yeah. you remember it is because you wore it four or five hundred times. It, it, it was uh, from a buddy of mine. Uh, Steve Hildebrandt opened a restaurant called Maxwell Edison's. Um, and um, um, uh, the, the Beatles song, Bang Bang Maxwell Silver Hammer, and it was get that's where the get hammered came from. But I was obviously using it as a pun for something else, sure, 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 or maybe, so, it wasn't. yeah, yeah. And and uh, we didn't attract any of the attention that we were probably looking for at the time without that. Those and outfits. I don't know why, do you? Well, that's the problem. We didn't know why then, we don't really know why now. <laughs> oh, I know why now. I absolutely know why. Hey, you know what? We're going to have to wrap up the um, uh, the on the range segment, but let me give a tip of the cap to uh, my buddy, a good friend, and uh, uh, a buddy, um, Blake Scornia, who I'm coaching with his golf game. He just signed a scholarship to Southern Illinois University. And uh, we couldn't be happier. The tip of the cap is brought to you by the Dean Team of Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. And um, I just want to give a shout-out to Blake. His family, Kent, is a good buddy. His wife uh, and mom, Andra, he's got a a brother and uh, sister. Uh, Just a cool family. They've supported him, and now he gets to go play golf at the next level. And I couldn't be happier for him. It's just fantastic. That is fantastic. Good for him. That's the kip of the tip, the kip of the tap, or the tap of the kip. How about the tip of the cap is brought to you by my friends at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin and Brandy, 314-966-0303. If you need any car, give Colin a call. He's a great guy. This is uh, Golf with Jay Delson. We'll be right back with the front nine. This is Paul Lazinger, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. I want to thank the Gateway section of the PGA of America for supporting the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Um, There are over 300 men and women PGA professionals in over 100 golf facilities in the greater St. Louis area supporting us. They're experts in the game. They know the business of the golf, of golf. And at this point in time, this pandemic, the golf courses are jammed. These folks are working 10, 12-hour days and just doing great stuff and really appreciate them. Every time you pull up to a public course or a private course, a driving range, there's a really good chance by that that facility is run by a member of our section. Some of the examples of the programs that are run by these PGA professionals and the Gateway PGA section include PGA Reach, Drive, Chip, and Putt, PGA Hope, and the PGA Junior League. To learn more about the Gateway PGA, go to gatewaypga.org. To find a local PGA professional coach for your next session, go to pga.com. The PGA growing this game we love. Marcon Appliance Parts Company needs to recognize the sponsors, staff, and volunteers who made the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic in St. Louis a huge success. Without the tireless effort of hundreds of dedicated people this past year, this PGA Champions Tour event could not have achieved the success it did. The winner in golf is the person with the lowest score. But the big winner of this event is the people and communities of need in the St. Louis area and the tremendous boost to the St. Louis economy as a whole. Well played by everyone who put in the time to make this a wonderful event. It's great to live in your community. Marcon Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and a proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I am delighted to welcome Marie Davila to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. I'm sure you know where it is, but in case you don't, Marie Davila is a landmark out in West St. Louis County. It's located on the corner of Clayton and Weidman Roads. It's also on 21 beautiful rolling acres right on the way out to Queenie Park. It's a country club-like atmosphere. It's iconic, and it's absolutely gorgeous. When my dad died and my mom decided she didn't want to live alone, Marie de Villa was the first place we called. When we pulled up, we were greeted at the front door by the owner. He took us around on a tour of the facility. We learned that there are one, two, and three-bedroom villas that you can live in, and there's also 24-hour care in the East, West, and the Waterford buildings. So Marie de Villa had everything that my mom wanted. One of the things that stood out in my mind as well was the way the family-owned business treats their guests. That's right. They refer to them as guests, but they treat them like family. 
So if you're in the process of trying to make a tough decision for this next part of life, you got to visit Marie de Villa. This is local, this is family, and this is St. Louis. This is Marie de Villa. Come be our guest. Thank you, St. Louis, for making the first annual Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson a record-breaking success. The golf was incredible, your enthusiasm unmatched, and the only thing that will last longer than the memories is the impact you've made on North St. Louis County charities. To our sponsors, volunteers, and fans, thank you for welcoming golf's greatest legends and bringing professional golf back to St. Louis with record attendance. See you next year at the Ascension Charity Classic. I want to give a shout-out to my friend Colin Burnt over at the Dean Team of Kirkwood. Folks, if you're looking for any sort of vehicle, I know it says Volkswagen of Kirkwood. Colin has a parking lot full of new and used cars. I was just over there the other day. I bought a used VW Passat for my daughter, Joe, who just totaled it in an accident. She texted me, by the way, and said, Dad, I tapped a car in front of me. She tapped it so so well that the car's totaled. Anyway, I talked to... Um, to Colin, and he is working out a new vehicle for us. But we went over and looked. There is a huge selection of cars over there. My buddy Pearlie that does the show with me had bought a used Toyota truck from Colin and just loved the service and loved the vehicle. Um, 314-966-0303. This is like dealing with family over there. These are great people. Colin's there. His right-hand person, Brandy, is there to, to do anything they can to get you in the vehicle you want. Give them a call today. Hi, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. That's right. SSM Health Physical Therapy has TPI, Titleist Performance Institute, trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screen on you, as well as use the KVEST 3D motion capture system. It is awesome. Proper posture and alignment can help you keep it right down the middle. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. Powers Insurance and Risk Management is sponsoring a VIP St. Louis Blues game experience for two lucky winners. Enter to win a front row seat right behind the visitor's bench and join Jay Delsing and Tim Davis from Powers Insurance as you take in all the action while the Blues host the Calgary Flames. All you have to do to enter, just go to powersinsurance.com backslash go blues. The winner will be announced on January 9th. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency here in St. Louis that specializes in robust insurance policies designed to provide coverage that's tailored to your personal needs. Hey, I know you've heard a lot about club fitting, but I need you to go visit my friends at Pro-Am Golf. They're a family-owned and operated golf discount shop in St. Louis that's been operating for over 40 years. They have a top quality fitter in CJ over there and a very qualified staff with the most up-to-date, state-of-the-art technology in the industry at all. They've got a really cool ball program coming that will help you fit your swing speed to the right ball. But most importantly, they have the lowest prices in town on this fitting. And you know what's really special? They take the price of the fitting and roll it into the new clubs that you purchase over there. So basically, the fitting costs you nothing. Visit Tom DeGrand. He's been in the business for over 40 years and a great guy. And they'll watch you hit balls in their simulator. So stop by and ask for the Delsing discount. And they'll give you even more money off their already low price. That's Pro-Am Golf, a family-owned business here in St. Louis. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearlie with me and Brad Barnes. Meet. He's taking good care of us here at the ESPN Studios, and we are rolling into the front nine. It is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Oh, uh, man, before you know it, year two will be right on us. I can't wait, wait, wait to see what year two looks like. Year one was a blast. Um, all right, Pearl, we are talking about golf fashion. 
and the history of golf fashion. Now, this, let's be upfront. You brought this to the table. Why don't you lead off a little bit with what your take on uh, some of these articles that we've read on golf fashion is? Well, I think it's kind of interesting just to get a little bit of the history behind things. Uh, just kind of a note here, uh, you know, golf originated in the 15th century in Scotland. So when you started thinking about, you know, what they were wearing, uh, it says uh, thick fabrics like uh, plaid and, and tweed to protect from the cold weather because those guys are out there playing in cold, windy weather the whole time. These knickerbockers or plus fours were paired with flat caps. I love flat caps even today. I think they're cool. And heavy, Do you really? You, you, you don't know that I wear one once in a while because I wouldn't show it to you because you would make fun of me. So I, I absolutely that. would. I'm not a big fan of those, but go ahead. So they're playing with flat caps and heavy tweed jackets, and we see that in some of the old uh, old golf movies. Bro, they were also wearing of... ties and, like, vests and, and sport coats yeah. and all sorts of jazz. One of the yeah, things i got to say, when we went to UCLA, and, uh, you know, I've never been in, in a golf club that nice before, had you? Well, I guess you were at Oakland Hills, so maybe you had been. Yeah, I, I've, been, I've been in a couple, but they're a little fancier out there in uh, West Coast, that's for sure. But Eddie Merritt's. The head golf pro and our uh, our head golf coach were jacking and tying the pro shop. He was setting the tone, baby. He was setting the culture for us. How'd that go over? With some of us fairly well. With some of us who continued to buck the system for four straight years, not very well. I don't, I, I can't think of any names, Jay Delsing, other than uh, maybe a well, person here or there. Yeah, let's but, not bring uh, up any names, Jay Delsing, at all. Uh, <laughs> I just, I was like, man. I thought we were playing golf, so we didn't have to wear a tie. I don't know. You ever wear a tie now? You ever wear a tie now? No. Maybe once every couple of years. And, and none, of the ascension, none, of the ascension, none of the ascension events you had to wear a tie? No. Mm-mm. Oh, really? I'm surprised. My that. daughter okay. Gemma just Very got good. married. I didn't have a tie on. Well, I wouldn't brag about that necessarily. I'm not bragging. Actually, I'm just telling actually, you actually, actually, it was, actually, it was Gemma, so she wouldn't have let you wear a tie had you wanted to wear one. That's, That's a perfect. good point. That's, That's a good perfect. point. All right, so when it so comes... Who are, the best dressed, who are some of the best-dressed guys? This the is guys the thing that, that used them? to kill me. This is used to kill me. So Payne Stewart, is a, God rest his soul, is a Missourian, and he grew up in Springfield area. And Payne's about five years older than I am, six years older than I am. So I didn't get to play them that much, but I did get to I, I did get to know him. And then once I got on tour, we played a lot. I mean, I probably played 30, 40 rounds of golf with Payne Stewart. It's pretty pretty cool. Um, he would get voted best dressed golfer every single year, and we would grill him unmercifully because he looked so bad. He was wearing knickers. He'd have those tight, stretchy socks that went all the way up the calf, almost to his knee. Then his knickers hit the bottom of the knee. But, John, here's what's interesting about Payne. And I said to him, you're not this smart. First of all, he got paid ridiculous amounts of money for what. Remember he dressed like the NFL teams? Absolutely. He, He is that smart. That part, he was that smart. What he didn't understand until it happened, and I said to him, I can't believe how cool this is that you're doing this. And he goes, why? I said, because you are one of the most recognizable guys on the golf course and one of the most unrecognizable guys off because he had a uniform on. Yeah. He always wore that Kangol hat, always matched. I mean, Pearl, he'd wear, if he had some bright canary yellow uh, knickers on, he'd wear bright yellow and white shoes and a bright yellow hat. And I mean, it's just disgusting. It was just, wow. We were like, yeah. He's like, look at how good I look. I'm like, you look like a cuckoo. Anyway. Well, just just on our theme here, so it, it actually, golf continued to grow in popularity through the 1920s, and the upper class players took their fashion to the next level with patterned long socks, two-toned shoes, Shirts and ties and knitted, knitted cardigans. So that was very much Payne Stewart. I love the fact that he stood out, and I don't doubt one bit that you guys grilled him uh, mercifully. But I would bet that a lot of people don't understand that in general. I think it's changed as we've discussed on the tour. But back in the day, you guys had the needle out pretty good. If somebody did something different, try to stand out, try to do anything different, 
whatever. The needle was always out, wasn't it, out there? Oh, there's no question. There's no question. I mean, when I my my first couple of years on tour, I played a lot with Bobby Watkins and John Mahaffey, J.C. Sneed, Leonard Thompson, guys that have been out there for a long time. And the first couple of um, the first couple of um, times playing with them, it was it got pretty brutal. Then I got paired with Ed Fiore, who just chirped me the entire day. It's like, God, she's swinging really hard today. Here's what he told me. God, you're hooking a lot of these today. God, and he, and, and I was like, dude, who are you? I don't even know. And you know, um, and, and the, the grip, he was such a good guy and a very dear friend. But this first round of golf, I'll never forget, I'm playing at Westchester. And he has just given me all kinds of hell all day long. And he's laughing at me. And I've never met him before. And finally... I stand up on 18, and I hit this big duck hook into left, left rough, trying to get to this part five and two. And he's, we're walking off the tee, and he says, Son, I do believe you swing as hard at every shot as anyone I've ever seen. And I said, Ed, coming from a guy that looks like you, swings like you, and has a body shape like you, I think I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I had had it. And I was, I didn't swear, but I was thinking swear. And I said that, and he started laughing, and he came over, and he put his arm around me, and he said, let me just explain something to you. I like you. And I'm thinking to myself, is that good? Is that good? Did you like me? And he says, I like you. Because if I didn't like you, I wouldn't say, to you. Yeah, he was he was a character. I know you liked oh, him for a long time. And there's a the guy you talking about having a great game out of that body and that that grip. The guy could flat play and there there was no real expectation if you were just kind of walking and watching him walk around that he could do anything, but he could play. Well, Pearl, the first I think of the first maybe 50 times Tiger Woods had a lead going into Sunday, the only time that he was caught and not and didn't win was by Ed Fiore at wow. John Deere Classic at Oak at yeah. Oakwood. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. And so, so, so back to the back to back to the clothing. So who's uh, who was some of the better dressed out there? So you, you went through Payne Stewart. That's that's for sure. He stood out for forever. We went you, through. You this. like to you like to you like to knock Johnny Miller, and he was kind of considered kind of a flashy dude too, and he had a little bit different different look. Well, yeah. what's, what's well, he had the Johnny Miller. Remember at J.C. Penney, he had Johnny Miller menswear. He had the big, yeah. thick white belt, the triple knit pants, and then the pop the collar. Remember, he had the pop the the collar popped like up in the late seventies and eighties. And when I played with him in eighty five, I thought, "Wow, this guy! I don't know what's going on." He did not. I, I was. It was. My fourth tournament on the PGA Tour on Sunday, I get paired with Hale Irwin and Johnny Miller. And Hale Irwin is just, he is just competitive and mean as a hornet out there. And Johnny Miller is just in a different planet, walking around, just kind of dazed and confused. Got his collar popped and picking up his ball, telling he's going to take a drop. I, I, I mean, it was a crazy, crazy day. But Johnny had his bright white shoes on, his light blues, triple knit, collar popped, you know, one of those deals going. Well, he stood out. I mean, there's two two guys that stood out. Who are some guys that stood out? Maybe the other way that struggled a little bit with their oh Brad their Brad uh, Brad Bryant, who is a fun guy. He um, we we used to call him Doctor Dirt because no matter what, no, right out of the shower he looked dirty. Everything he did looked dirty. He just he never got the hair off his face when he shaved. He never everything was rumpled. His shirts were always never never ironed, never never clean. Had a cigar, you know, stain on him or something like that. He started off calling him Dr. Dirt and then we called him Commander Dirt. Then we called him Commander in Chief of all Dirt Forces. Because it just kept, and because he, he kind of enjoyed it. Then we just called him Dirt at the end. He was just Dirt. It's like Phil Phil Blackmar's nickname. Phil was six foot seven and weighed almost three hundred pounds, and we just called him Big. You know, and uh, because we're not that smart, we might not be able to remember anything else. But um, Brad Bryant, would, uh, you know, who else struggled on that? As our good buddy Steve Pate. 
He struggled. He, yeah. he, he'd spill everything on his clothes. And let's pick this up, Pearl. We'll uh, continue this kind of fun conversation on the, um, on the back nine. Uh, this is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hi, this is Peter Jacobson, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, this is Jay Delsing, and this is the Gateway PGA Spotlight. I want to highlight this week the folks in town that have opportunities for you to work on your golf game when the weather's bad. CJ is over at Pro-Am Golf Centers, and he has a a simulator. He's got a GC quad launch monitor. He's got all the equipment that you need to go get fitted and work on your game and practice. And Adam Betts has the same thing going on over at Family Golf Center. You got to don't sit on the couch this winter and bemoan the fact that you don't get to play golf. This is a great time to try to implement some new lessons. Go to Family Golf. Go to um Pro-Am Golf Centers and get a lesson from Tom DeGrand. Get on the simulator and start checking out and using some of the new technology to make your game better. There's places, I know Algonquin's got a new indoor hitting uh, facility as well, so there are places around town. Do not sit around, get off the couch, get a little exercise in, and go find some indoor golf opportunities. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me, and we are headed to the Back Nine that is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf Centers here in St. Louis. Family-owned business. I am pushing, and I'm pushing hard for all of you folks to go out and get fitted. It's so important to get clubs that are made for you, that fit you correctly, and you've got to call CJ at um, Pro-Am Golf. First of all, they have the lowest prices in town. There's no doubt about that. But on their fittings, they're so affordable, they'll roll the price of the fitting into the purchase of the clubs. And so the fitting will, will basically be free of charge. So you got to call CJ. He's the best in town for sure. His number is 314-647-8054. Or you can visit him at ProAmGolfUSA.com. All right, so, John, we're talking about fashion, lack of Whatever I, I can remember, our buddy Steve Pate wearing uh, a Tabasco a, a shirt, and Scott Hoke wore a lot of this too. That had a bottle of Tabasco hot sauce on it. And, and remember that? Remember those? Those were really, really good looking. Hard, they're they're hard to forget, actually. Yeah, hard they're brutal. Well, the, the hard part with Pater is a couple guys had this issue, but the guys that like to chew out there, it was tough for them to keep. You know, just imagine you're out there playing, you're playing in the wind, you're chewing, you're focused on your game. You know, some of that chew, yeah, besides going down your chin, it's on your collar, it's on your pants, it's on your shoe. It's on your caddy. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure Al loved that. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that had to be tough to hold it all together when you're chewing. Yeah, and I mean, uh, like I just played with Peter the first round of the Ascension Charity Classic last year, and as we're walking <laughs> to the front, I, I, I mentioned to you, I go look at him. He's got he's got dip on his the front of his shirt. He had dip on his hat. He had it all over his teeth, and that was we hadn't even started. <laughs> it was great. I do, I do I do remember that, and he's used to it, and he doesn't care. No, Peter doesn't care about a whole heck of a lot other than making one more putt. Hey, yep. But rel- relative to, to clothing, attire, that kind of stuff, on more of a serious note, you've really seen, we've really seen a change in clothing that has really mattered to the game, that really matters, especially you guys out on tour, but even, even the, weekend, uh, the weekend player, you know, anywhere, Jay, between the, the shoes nowadays to play in different kinds of weather, the, the rain gear, the wind gear, to play in hot weather, talk a little bit about how much you've seen. Because back in the day, we play, we wore the same basic clothes no matter what the conditions were. We just struggled through it. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, first of all, you started with the shoes. The shoes are, are much more like a tennis shoe or a sneaker. They're super, super light. Not tremendously great on the support 
area. Like maybe the older my older shoes might have been a little better, but John, so much nicer and calmer and and more comfortable on your feet. Those some of the old um, wooden sole shoes that we'd wear were fantastic until they got wet and the bottoms got soft, and then it was like then it feel like the the spikes would come right down through the the bottom of your foot. Absolutely. And, and and speaking on that, how much different is it? Again, it's all these little things, but they matter when you're out there playing that much and you're doing it for a living. How much do the steel spikes versus soft spikes matter to you, Jay, as far as kind of comfort and being able to get, you know, to play all day and sometimes play two rounds or a round and a half if there's rain delays? Yeah, no, it was interesting because I never thought we'd get rid of the nails. I never thought um, you and I talked about that. Remember, I remember when you were in the heart of running your business. I said, Pearl, why don't we get into these soft spikes? This was before anybody has was thinking about them. And for whatever reason, we decided they weren't going to make it. And um, we um, well, let's talk about that for a second, because what's interesting, I'm sure at some point we said they weren't going to make it. But then if you remember, then there was 50 companies doing it. So now they're all just beating each other to, to death. Uh, trying to make any kind of a margin. So, they, yeah, there was a host of things. But there's no doubt. There was a point where I said there's no way this will ever work. I would say I was thinking the same thing. And, I mean, now I'd say 5% of the players are still wear, wearing spikes. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. but And then the, so the shoes changed a great deal. The lightness, the the um, the, the um, – Gosh, what would you? They're they're so much more athletic. You can you can be so much more of an athlete in the shoes nowadays compared to the stuff that we were wearing. And um, and then if you start talking about the fabrics, John, in the clothes themselves, let's not even. We'll get to rain gear in a second. But if we start talking about when we played, we had to iron our shirts. They were burlap cotton. Hotter than hell. They didn't breathe. They were great when it was cold. They weren't worth a damn when it was hot. And let's face it, we played in 90% more hot weather than we did cold weather. And when it rained, they got heavy as can be. So um, what we have now where this, um, it's, it's some sort of blend of probably rayon, some sort of synthetic blend in the fabrics. But the the pants are so much better. Your your yellow with blue dots on them, um, were, were probably uh, didn't breathe a whole lot and move with you very well. But the 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 stuff that we're wearing now, um, action wear, whatever they want to call them, are just a, a tremendously better product. The shirts come right out of the dryer and right on, and never need to be ironed, which is a gigantic bonus for. The, I, I can remember. I, I can remember our, U, our UCLA shirts. How excited we would be to get them! And like you said, the rain would be one thing, but even a hot day, you start sweating, and that large would so, suddenly turn into a double XL, and it could barely keep that thing from falling over the shoulders. It was just, uh, you know, we didn't we didn't think anything of it because that's just the way it was back then. But if you if you try to sell or convince somebody nowadays to try to play something like that, they're like, it wouldn't hardly be worth it. Well, I, I, can, re- I, I can remember this with our UCLA clothes. I remember we'd all get in line to get our stuff. Oh, and yeah. I remember being right behind Paven. And Paven walks up and the guy goes, what's your waist size? <laughs> what does Paven say? 25. <laughs> and I'm like, 25? I, I mean, I had that in fourth grade, Pearl. Easy. Yeah. And then, and yeah. then it's inseam. Twenty five. <laughs> like, what the hell? Two it was. Feet? Oh my gosh! It, but oh I can. I can remember getting mine. I was thirty four, and then I, the, and he's like, uh, "What's your inseam?" I'm like, "I need them as long as you got." And then Pearl, they didn't have them long enough, so I didn't even have my pants hemmed at UCLA. I just wore them all the way down. I didn't but have any money either. That shouldn't surprise anybody, but that's uh, but, but you, oh, that's kind of a fashion in the pictures. faux pas, right? You, you look very sharp in them. I can remember that for sure. Oh my what gosh! Other, what other what other clothing? What else has changed? <clears throat> what matters out there? Oh my gosh! How about just the how, how about the umbrellas? The umbrellas. Remember, every time we had an umbrella and it would blow, the umbrella would go inside out right away. Yeah. Right away. I, I, how many times did that happen to you? I rem- and, and back in the day, they, those, the inside of those little spokes were all made of metal. 
John, and so they all broke, and your umbrella was toast as soon as it went inside out. These gustbuster type umbrellas now, it's amazing what they can what they can stand up to, and they can go inside out, outside, and they can turn around, and you can still use them. So that was a big deal. But the rain gear, John, when Gore Tex first came out, remember the stuff we had at UCLA? It did not keep water out of anything. No, it was brutal. Yeah, so it, it rained, really, and you're really like heavy to. Ca- it was just heavy to carry. So yeah. were the umbrellas. The umbrellas back then probably weighed three times what an umbrella weighs now. And when you're toting your bag all the time, and we're playing 36 whole days, that mattered. You got those shoes that each weighed about three and a half to four pounds. That's where the dew in them. Then the, then the dew would come halfway up to your knees, uh, sucked up by your pants and your socks. <laughs> and then then your, your your shirt's getting all if it's, if it's misty or you're sweating your shirt. I, I bet we could have taken – if we had rain gear on at any given day, taking all the clothes off at the end of a round where it was raining, and I would bet I'm not I don't think I'm exaggerating. I bet you'd be looking at somewhere between ten to fifteen pounds that all that stuff would weigh that we were toting around on the golf course. Oh, I I don't doubt it. I mean just the shoes alone after they got wet and soggy, oh my gosh, they were they were like they were like blocks. Um but, um, yeah, the rain gear, the Gore-Tex, and now there's this lightweight fabric that is water-resistant, and uh, uh, th- that has uh, come a really, really long way. If you haven't tried, uh, uh, you ought to check out these. Um, it's called Stormtrooper uh, by Puma. It's lightweight gear, and it's really, really awesome, and it, and it keeps you dry. Um but everybody's got great stuff like that. Adidas, Footjoy, they, they've all morphed around, come around to uh, uh, the different um, side of the, of the fence on this. What's interesting, too, John, is we talk so much about the changes in technology just from ball and, and, and clubs, but all this other stuff has made a big difference as well. And I, I'll tell you, the, the, the last thing that we never wore that is almost frightening that all the kids are great about now, sunscreen. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say sunglasses, but talk about sunscreen for a second. Well, the sunscreen, I'll never forget, John. I'll never forget Andy North, besides being a two-time U.S. Open champ and just an all-around great guy from Madison, Wisconsin. He was one of the – and he was a tall guy like I was. He was about my height. And um, he kind of took me under his wing, and we played a bunch of practice rounds. And uh, I didn't see him for about – Three weeks, four weeks. And I said, uh, you know, we obviously didn't have the Internet. We didn't have cell phones. It wasn't like we were sending each other emails or texts. And I saw him and I said, Drew, what's going on? He said, Delce, you got to put sunscreen on. Look what happened to me. And he pulls out. He had half of his ear cut off and a portion of his nose. He had skin cancer on them and had skin mm-hmm. grafts and all this other stuff. And it, it freaked me out, Pearl. This was my rookie year, and I put on sunscreen religiously every single day from that point on. He had a part of his nose cut off. And, yeah. you know, obviously Andy is um, several years older than I am and been playing for, for years and years. But back in the day, John, until we started getting paid for it, we didn't wear hats. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wore hats yeah. until, you know, it was part of the... Um, uh, the the gear that that made television a little more uh, uh, doable. Pearl, that is going to wrap up the back nine, but uh, we'll keep this roll going uh, on the nineteenth hole. Come back for more of golf with Jay Delsing. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm with my buddy Joe Sheezer from USA Mortgage. Hi, Jay. How are you? Doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for the support of the show. Ah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, congratulations. This is uh, your third year. And we're really proud to be a sponsor all three years since the very beginning. It's a great show, and we look forward to it every Sunday morning. Well, thanks a bunch. Tell us just a little bit about USA Mortgage and what you can do for people. Well, USA Mortgage is a uh, ESOP. It's an employee-owned company. So over a 1,000 families here in St. Louis work for the company. So if you want an opportunity to patronize a, a local company, please call USA Mortgage, 314 628 2015, and I'll be more than happy to sit down with you, go over your options, discuss all the different programs that are available, and give you an opportunity to support a local company. Marcon Appliance Parts Company needs to recognize the sponsors, staff, and volunteers who made the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic in St. Louis a huge success. Without the tireless effort of hundreds of dedicated people this past year, this PGA Champions Tour event could not have achieved the success it did. The winner in golf is the person with the lowest score. 
But the big winner of this event is the people and communities of need in the St. Louis area and the tremendous boost to the St. Louis economy as a whole. Well played by everyone who put in the time to make this a wonderful event. It's great to live in your community. Marcon Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and a proud distributor of General Electric Parts. Hey, guys, I know you've heard golf is booming, and it really is. There are more people playing golf today than ever before. And you know who else is doing great? My friends at Whitmore Country Club. I don't know if you know about their membership, but if you join at Whitmore Country Club, there's 90 holes. They give you access to the links of Dardeen, the Golf Club of Wentzville, and the Missouri Bluffs. And the cart fees are included in the membership, so you're not going to get deemed for a cart fee. There's no food or beverage minimums, no assessments, no nothing. Just great golf, great places to eat. They have a large pool complex, three tennis courts. They've got a kids' club. You can drop your children off. You and your significant other, your wife, can go out, play a little golf. You can call them at 636-926-9622. And when you go over there, poke your head in the golf shop and say hi to my friend Bummer. He is terrific. He wants to help you with your game, and he'll show you around. Thank you, St. Louis, for making the first annual Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson a record-breaking success. The golf was incredible, your enthusiasm unmatched, and the only thing that will last longer than the memories is the impact you've made on North St. Louis County charities. To our sponsors, volunteers, and fans, thank you for welcoming golf's greatest legends and bringing professional golf back to St. Louis with record attendance. See you next year at the Ascension Charity Classic. Hey, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Do you want to have a more consistent golf swing? Hell, I know I sure do. SSM Health Physical Therapy's golf program has Titleist Performance Institute certified physical therapists trained to assess your movement patterns, your mobility, and your stability to help make your golf swing more efficient and repeatable. They can help your golf game. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area, 800-518-1626, or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. This is Bill DeWitt III, president of the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're talking to Jay Delsing. And wait, oh, sorry, what's the name of the show? <laughs> Golf with Jay Delsing. Oh, all right, let me start it. <laughs> if you have a car and you're struggling to get some protection for that car, let me recommend Vehicle Assurance. 1-866-341-9255 is their number. They have been in business for over 10 years and have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons why they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process and their premium vehicle protection. So whatever that car looks like, they can help you. You can find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them again at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is refreshed by Michelob Ultra. I recognize that jingle. Welcome back to Golf with Jay Delsing. That jingle can only mean one thing, Pearly. What is it? 19th hole. I tried to tee you up. I the 19th hole. 19th hole. I know you did. Grab I, one. I, I I thought you would no, you normally pop a, a, a Michelob for me to tee me up for the 19th hole, so you threw me on that one. I'm yeah, sorry. I popped one for myself, so you're going to have to pop your own. But uh, welcome to the 19th hole, brought to you by our friends at Michelob Ultra. Um, all right, so, John, we are talking about the history of fashion and gear and how it's changed. We always talk about technology changes with the ball, the driver, the, the, the gear, meaning equipment. And we today have jumped into the changes in clothing, the changes in shoes, the changes in um, the different types of gear, meaning, you know, rain gear, things like that. Um, big difference. Um, so, John, at break, you were talking about squares, the shoes squares, weren't you? Yeah. When I watch the commercials, as you know, I watch a lot of golf. And when I see the commercials and it's Patrick Harrington or Sir Nick Faldo, you know, you're supposed to say Sir Nick, Jay. You're not, that's supposed to call Nick Faldo. So Sir Nick. So Sir Nick. And they're saying that their club head speed goes up. They're hitting the ball four yards, five yards further, whatever the heck it is, because of their shoes. 
How much do you buy into that? First of all, I bought into none of it initially. Now, guess what I got sent to me three days, four days ago? A pair of squares. The really? uh, I talked to, I ran into the uh, VP, and he said, look at there's technology and there's data in this. Here's a pair of shoes. Try them and let me know what you think. Now, I've done a little bit of the research, and it's interesting, John. It is interesting about how, um, from a physiological standpoint, we load up you know, through our feet. I've always known that we transfer energy from the ground, use the ground to transfer energy. And there's data and there's research behind us. Now, I, I've, I've put the shoes on. And you know how jacked up my feet are. They are super comfortable because they're a little wider and they are way more supportive, John. We were just talking about uh, foot yep, care. Yep. So they're way more supportive, but I have not been outside yet uh, to hit any. But I will. I will definitely try them, and I, I will definitely give you a full report. But, you know, it, um, when Faldo... What did you say his first name was, Nick? Sure. Faldo, when Faldo, uh, it just seems like Sir Nick straps his name to just about anything. And so I, I, I don't know if I'm uh, just a little cynical on that or maybe just a little cantankerous. I don't know. but A little of both. Yeah, I, I'm going to, thanks. I'm going to uh, check these shoes out for myself, and then I will give everybody a full report. You know what? I probably ought to do a little... Um, I'll do a little thing on YouTube for them as well and, um, yeah. and, and, and see yeah. what they're like. Because I, as I'm, I'm preaching about these fittings, I'm getting fitted by CJ. I am getting fitted by CJ at, uh, at Pro-Am Golf. I'm definitely doing it. I definitely want to do that, too. You and I have talked about that. Uh, totally a believer. I'm way behind in the technology, but I'm, I'm way behind in all that stuff. So I, I, want, to, I want to do it. We, it's, it's past time. Yeah, it's re- we're we're ready. Um, so <clears throat> when it comes to, um, I'm trying to think, John, of all of the other things that we take for granted. F- when I think about times like in our UCLA days and in early tour days to now, I mean, first of all, the thing that comes to my mind is private travel, where so many of the guys tra- travel privately now because the tour has been such a, um, uh, oh gosh, everyone's made. So much money um, uh, playing playing the tour. Uh, the word I'm looking for is uh, I can't think of it. But anyway, it's they're making a well, lot. Of, well, it's, well, mime it out for me. Mime, mime out the word for me a little bit so I can get this. Oh, uh, let's see. It, it kind of uh, the word that keeps coming to mind is ludicrous, but it's not ludicrous. It's uh, uh, extreme. Yeah, extreme. Something like that. There, we're lucrative. 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 I do. I do. Lucrative. Wow. Two a bunch hey, of old I guys. Senior moments at the same time. One more fashion question for you. What is your favorite attire to play golf in? Shorts. Not, shorts. Not PGA approved shorts. You love shorts. playing in shorts. Absolutely. So much more comfortable. Usually the weather's good. I love playing in shorts. Um, and then just anything. I, I don't. I don't really care. I always wear a hat now, just to try to keep the sun off my eyes. Sunglasses are a gigantic thing, and it took me at least five years to get used to playing in sunglasses. But uh, the dermatologists come out, and the eye doctors come out and say you do not need to be out in the sun without some sort of UV protection. And and it's man, I can remember I'd hit every single shot fat for the first five years when I tried playing in sunglasses. It just distorted it just enough to where I wasn't comfortable at all. And, right. I, and I suppose it's like any glasses. you got to wear them for a while for your eyes to adjust. Who was one of the first guys that David got Duvall. out there? I remember, I remember David Duvall. Was he the first one that really pressed it? I think so. I think, yeah. I think David yeah. Duvall. You know, John, one of the other things that we don't talk about at all but would have made a huge difference when we were in college and stuff now is the rangefinder. Do you remember yeah. how, how we do? We'd have to try to triangulate around these around these lakes and and guess and add a couple of yards here and there. And and my steps were always the longest on the team, so I was always had the shortest yardage in. And I'm like, that's not a hundred yards; it's only eighty. They're like, we don't even listen to you because you, your your steps are too long. But the rangefinder made a gigantic difference when you hadn't been to a golf course before. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
Um, Absolutely. I'm trying to think of anything else, like the green books. I got, I got one. All I right. got one, though. Back to attire a little bit, because you wear it. Uh, what about golf gloves? I can remember, uh, you know, loving them, but the materials change so terribly much. They last so much longer. Uh, but as far as playability, what, what have you seen? So I only like, I'm spoiled. I love the Tylus Players Club. That's it. That's the only one I wore. I also will have worn the Footjoy uh, uh, glove with, uh, the, for whatever reason, all the other manufacturers, their medium larges didn't fit me that well. The Tylus Players Club fit me so well. It just was perfect size for my fingers and my hands and uh, I didn't need a bunch of the, you know, they, they, they call it like Technoflex where they put some of the meshing in there to, to try to make the glove fit better. Uh, I just, uh, those gloves, every time I put that glove on, John, a new glove on, it still feels like a treat. Yeah, it kind of kind of gets you in the mood. I do like the, you're calling them Technoflex. I like those. I also like some of the newest material. One, they last a heck of a lot longer. You know, back Back, you know, we keep referencing college days, but you get out on a, on a hot day or a rainy day, that glove had one round in it uh, oh. for, for the for the most part. Nowadays, I think the material, I'm not up on it like you are, but I think I like a lot of materials, and some of these things last for a long time, and you can play in any kind of weather, and it still feels good. The old glove, you get in a little bit of rain, that puppy was slick and as, as could be as well, so it really didn't help. So just across the board, uh, there, there's just a lot of things that have changed with attire from uh, from head to toe. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, John, this goes with golf grips as well, the grips we used to put on our clubs. When I was paying for this stuff, I'd get a thick cord grip because it would last forever, and I never had to change it. And the same with my glove. When I was paying for gloves, I'd get a thick glove that wouldn't wear out because those thin ones that felt so good would last a day. Once I got them for free playing on the tour, I used the green victory grips, which I change every month, and I used the Titleist Players Glove because it it's, fits like a glove. was perfect for me, but that soft Cabretta leather, oh, man, it just felt great. That's awesome. Does that That's sound awesome. spoiled enough? I could. What else can uh, I? I could listen. Listen. If I haven't helped the the listener through the years, I'll I'll add another one here. The golfers on the tour, good guys, great guys, great players, spoiled, unbelievably spoiled. Playing great golf courses, getting everything. As you would always say, if it's free, get three. And you got you guys would always take three. So yeah, they uh, that, that that is it is a tough life in many aspects, but they are spoiled beyond spoiled in many aspects as well. Thanks, bro. No huh? That was cool. No comment, that was cool. Just kind of toss a grenade over there and let's blow it right up. No, I, I used to. It used to. I, I I'd walk in the locker room. I'm just getting. I'll never forget. I was just getting to. I think it was the Honda Classic down in Fort Lauderdale. We pick up a brand new car. You know, and I listen to one of the players bitching because there's not a full tank of gas in this car. And you I know, pick up a brand new car for free. Tell everybody you pick it up for free. Oh yeah, we get to it's drive it for the week. We get to drive yeah. it for the week. It's unbelievable. Remember when I played in the PGA champion, the senior PGA championship here in St. Louis in 2013? I got a I got a, a Mercedes 550 to drive for the week, and they gave it to me for two weeks to drive it around. I'm like, you shouldn't have done that. You may not see this sucker again. We're going to take this thing <laughs> all over the place. No, but I mean. The the way that, that John, <clears throat> what one of the things that people don't know is these tournaments are also giving away gifts now to the players to try to attract them to come to their field, and we're not well, talking about like, uh, oh here's a, you know here's a fifth of scotch, we're talking about some sort of really cool remote control car, you know that they drive around. They're, they're talking about iPads. They're talking about all sorts of pricey, pricey gifts that people get for coming to well, the there's event. A lot of comp- there's a lot of competition, isn't there, to get these guys to come to uh, to different events. They talk about that a tiny bit on 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 uh, the, the TV, but for the most part, that's much behind the scenes is how to get these guys to show up because at the end of the day, it's a big deal on your draw and who shows up. The best way to get people to show up on the PGA Tour Pearl is have a really good golf course in great shape. That's how to get people to show up. Well, that's awesome. That's that's a good thing. That's that's one reason Ascension's going to do so good for so long because of uh, 
or it was a, a great golf course, and it's always in great shape. Yep, yep, that's right. Um, well, hell, Pearl, that's going to wrap up another show. Man, that was a golf-fashioned extravaganza. We didn't think we could do it. We didn't think we could do it, of all people, but we managed to pull it off. We made it through another one. Uh, Me, thanks for taking such good care of us, and we will be back next week with more of Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit up straight, St. Louis.